Michael Smith, you are a Jesuit originally from New Zealand, worked in Australia and now you're in Rome. You're the International Education Officer with the Jesuit Refugee Service there. Can you tell me about the work that you do and the work of the JRS in education, the Jesuit Refugee Service? Well, as you said, I'm the International Education Officer for Jesuit Refugee Service. We have schools in camps and in urban settings right around the world, in Central America, in the Middle East and North Africa, in Africa itself, in Asia Pacific. And we have 184,403 students. We've got preschool, primary, secondary and post-secondary education, as well as adult education, literacy and so on. So we do all sorts of programs, running schools, but also accelerated learning programs, literacy programs. And we have a particularly good program in teacher training, teacher formation. So there will be a number of refugees who you know, have a qualification already, some sort of tertiary qualification, and we can get them to teach in our schools, but we need to form them to become teachers. So we have a, a training program for teachers that we're uh, in the process of rolling out. We've got uh, an English translation, an Arabic translation, and we're just getting a French translation at the moment of our program. We're talking about camps mostly, I presume. Uh, camps and, and urban settings. People think of refugees as being in camps. Many are, but there's also... Uh, refugees in urban settings. So you have people there and you may have a refugee who has a degree mm-hmm. from a university and then you're able to help them become teachers yes. so they can then teach other refugees. That That's a, a great idea because education is so important and it's the one thing that really suffers along with other things, yes. but it's a significant thing for young people who have to leave their homes yeah. and become refugees. Yes, what we're engaged in is education and emergencies, but it, it is actually important for psycho- psychosocial health. I mean, if you've been traumatised, if you've had to flee your home, the quicker you can get a, a young person into an education system which, which puts structure around their lives when they have to get up, go to school and study and, and that sort of thing, that, that those boundaries actually help to contain that a child so it's it's really it's not just education it's actually also psychosocial it's it's an important intervention from a psychosocial point of view if that makes sense yeah i was thinking even in in ireland and places where we have direct provision that would be really important because young people can be held there for a long time before they Mm. even get back into the system so is that where the jrs would be liaising with people who are being held in direct provision or whatever yes i know that we're doing that in in australia but but say in in a camp average length of a stay in a camp can be between 17 and 20 years people have this idea that somehow refugees are, are moving into a a host country and then they, they are going on to Australia or Canada or Ireland or the United States, it's not true. You know, there'd be less than 1% are getting resettled. So most people are staying in a host country. They've, they've gone across the border and now they're in Malawi or they're, they're in Kenya or Cameroon or somewhere, in Angola, in, in Lebanon. So refugees have, have come to a host country. They might do all of their education as a refugee in a camp or in an urban, urban setting. So what I like to say to people is, people say, well, this is an extraordinary work. And I say, no, no, this is not extraordinary at all. All we're trying to give people, refugees, is an ordinary life, a chance to have some preschool, a chance to have a good primary good secondary and the possibility of some sort of professional and post-secondary education with a recognised qualification so that they can make a 
livelihood. Because one of the things that strikes me as you're speaking, I have spoken to a number of refugees over the years in different places in mm-hmm. Ireland and they've been held in detention centres or in, say, yeah. in Mosney or wherever. And they might be there for 10 years, as you say, yes. and they're fighting to have that reduced. It's far too long. Yes. But an older person can go in there, maybe with a degree in accountancy. Yeah. By the time they come out, things have changed. Yeah. They come out actually de-skilled, even yeah. though they've gone in quite well qualified. Is that an issue you look at? Yes, to an extent. One of the problems is, say, if you're a refugee in Malawi and you've come from Rwanda, you might have a, a qualification, but you don't have permission to work in the host country. So we're doing a lot of advocacy with governments to relax their rules about uh, refugees working. That's a critical thing. Uh, we're also looking at other things. For instance, um, in Zalika camp in uh, Malawi, there was a group of refugees who have set up an association that does coding. So they can work online doing coding, computer coding and writing apps and that sort of thing internationally and, and earn money that way. So, you know, but in the end, refugees need to, to be able to have some sort of work, some sort of income so that they can put food on the table. And have a sense of dignity as well and worth, as you talked about that psychosocial dimension. You're based in Rome and Mm -hmm. this is something that's very dear to Pope Francis' heart. Do you feel his support for your service there? Oh, very much so. He's very supportive of the work of Jesuit Refugee Service and it's remarkable the, the support that he gives us. And that gives you an impetus to carry on the the kind of work that you are doing because the Jesuit Refugee Service around the world, you have three things, isn't that right? I think it's two. The Jesuit Refugee Service has three values or three goals to advocate on behalf of refugees, to serve and to accompany. And the key element seems to be the accompaniment piece, or it is the accompaniment piece, that we're not just doing things for refugees, but we're actually walking with refugees and we're friends with refugees. So one of the nicest stories I heard was from, was reported that a, a person who worked for the UNHCR, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, this person said about Jesuit Refugee Service that when the money runs out, Jesuit Refugee Service stays. That's yeah, really yeah. important. And I thought that was the nicest compliment that I could think of. Yeah. And where does the funding come from? Is it from the Jesuit? Uh, there's a number of foundations. Say in a camp the United Nations... UNHCR might say we need education here, so we will you know, fund that. But we also have other donors, private donors. We have international donors group. We have other foundations um, in the United States and in Europe. Jesuit Mission here in Ireland yeah. is very supportive. Father John Guiney worked for Jesuit Refugee Service himself, and Jesuit Mission in Ireland does a lot for refugees and funds our projects with large amounts of money. I understand that Ireland in general, in, in terms of averages, that, that Ireland is one of the most generous and probably the most generous country in the world in terms of helping other nations. Had you heard that? Well, we give a percentage from our GDPR, which has been cut, but also in terms of voluntary contributions, I think it is well recognised that Irish people just respond very generously yes. for any emergency or for yes. anything that comes up. One last thing that also strikes me about being there when the money has run out, because that really happens and a lot of things are pulled because it isn't dependent on government funding at all the JRS certainly here in Ireland but I presume in other places can also afford to be 
challenging of government policy and put it up to governments to really make sure that refugees are looked after properly because even in host countries like Ireland they don't not always treat it wonderfully well. Yes we do a lot of work in ad- advocacy we could do a lot more we're aiming to do a lot more on that it, but it's hard work it, it's hard changing public opinion it, it's difficult but it's, it's critically important. Because you look at Angela Merkel and the pressure she has come under mm, mm. there's something about needing at a wider European level some sense of the importance and the need to address what is really a human tragedy. Yes, I agree. Thank you very much indeed, Father Michael Smith. We wish you all the best in your work in Rome when you return. Thank you.